You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. ABC Tonight. Special Agent Will Trent. Judge Bureau Investigation. I told him I'd bring my best. Will sees things that no one else does. Based on the New York Times bestselling series. Why Will Trent? He's good police. And he's objectively hot. See crime. Put on Amber Alert. There's a kidnapping. Through his eyes. He read that crime scene like it was a book. Ramon Rodriguez is. I'm a pretty observant guy. Will Trent. Series premiere tonight, tonight central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Hey there, and welcome to Fan Theory Queries, where we analyze fan theories from all over the internet, but mostly Reddit. I'm Laura. I'm Michael. And I'm Spencer. And I'm coming to you this time. This Stay episode, over there. Don't come over there. <laughs> I'm not moving anywhere. Good. Jeez. <laughs> We're going to bring you... My goodness, is this the... No, this isn't the first. Duh. We've done plenty of other theories about book series. Mm-hmm. Duh. We talked about like Harry Potter. What other mm-hmm. book series have we talked about? That's it. That's a very good <laughs> okay, question. Okay, cool. Yeah. I don't know. There's, there's yeah. Probably, oh, uh, no, we didn't actually record that one. I'm bringing the second <laughs> book series theory. This is about the Hunger Games, and uh, it's not exactly what the title might lead you to believe that it's about. Right. So, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, this is probably going to bore you to tears, isn't it? I um, know. I was just thinking the Hunger Games sounds like a food eating contest or something. Oh, <laughs> what, what, what is game. that competitive eater's name? Chester. No. The guy that uh, Chestnut, Joey, yeah. Joey, Joey Chestnut, Chestnut. Yeah. Yeah. He, he plays in the Hunger Games. Yeah, <laughs> he is the star. Joey Chestnut. <laughs> Spoiler okay. alert: He wins <laughs> every time. <laughs> anyway, let's get to this. Hunger Games takes place in a world where Britain won the Revolutionary War. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> really, I think so. Uh, this is from the Martian Manhunter. The, oh, hey, uh, John Jones. He it's sent nice it to, to us from the Watchtower and nice everything. No, he's branching out from like the superhero gig. <laughs> I know. He just talks about white Martians all the time, yeah. and yeah. Now is he's this got the, Now, which Martian Manhunter is this? Is this uh, Henry Lennox or? Uh, oh, good question. That guy from the Supergirl the series, or is it? I personally, my personal opinion is that the Martian Manhunter from the Supergirl series. Mm is the best live-action mm. representation that we've gotten so far only of two? Martian Manhunter. I believe those are the only two. Was there one in Smallville? I didn't watch Smallville. Actually, no, yeah, there was. Mm-hmm. There was. Yeah, okay. I forgot about that. Um, also, it reminds me of the comic from the 80s where Booster Gold and Blue Beetle make Martian Manhunter mad because they ate all of his <laughs> Oreos. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not what this theory is about. What yeah, is let's it? get back to Hunger Games. <laughs> what is it? Well, all, all of a sudden we're getting off topic now. What's going on? I, I love it. Anyway, because <laughs> y'all are about to get bored, I think, with this one. That's Here we go. Fine. I take you back to 1775. <sighs> I want to do the doodle-doo, <laughs> from Wayne's World here. Yes. Uh, the British Empire has employed its mighty empire into North America. Employed? I think they mean, like, deployed, possibly. Mm, yeah, probably. Yeah, no one's getting paid <laughs> or has health insurance at this point. So. <laughs> and seeks to take it with their colonies. Oh, okay. Wait, no, they came way before 1775, but whatever. Okay. The colonists are fed up with the empire and decide to attack with brute force, sparking a revolutionary war. In the Hunger Games, the districts do this, too. 
<laughs> you, like, you liked my inflection on I that. Do. I Thanks. did. I've been playing with different inflections mm. on things. Um, <laughs> they're fed up with the capital and initiate war. It has been noted by Suzanne Suzanne Collins. You have to make sure everybody understands there's a Z mm. in her name. That Panem, the Panem. setting. Panem? Panem. Panem. I, I always say Panem. Go ahead. I'm pretty sure they say Panem on the movies. Mm. Thank you. The setting of the Hunger Games trilogy occurs in North America many years from present day. Also, as a quick note, there are 13 colonies and 13 districts pre-end of war. That is an interesting little nugget there. Mm-hmm. Not spicy. It's regular. Oh, <laughs> you didn't order spicy this no, time. No, but I will have spicy ketchup. Okay. Now imagine that Britain won. What would they do? Would they decimate all 13 of the colonies? No. They would kill the signers of the Declaration of Independence and then strike fear into the hearts of the remaining 12 colonies. How? By killing one off. Mm-hmm. The reason Britain wanted colonies in North America was because of an economic belief called mercantilism. This belief states that the more economic properties and thus more money to be made a country has, the more power it has. And we can see this shine through in the Hunger Games. The 12 districts slave away making money for the mother country. And to the capital goes the spoils. Mercantilism in action, folks. So if Britain had won the war, would they have wanted to kill off Massachusetts? Which, in relation to the placements of colonies, would be District 4 for being the most problematic? Probably. But Massachusetts is making a lot of money for the mother country. So would killing it be useful? No. Instead, Britain would kill off the colony, making the least amount of money, Georgia. (laughs) Which, being the furthest south and thus farthest away from the, quote, capital, geographically matches up with District 13. And to keep instilling fear into these rebellious colonies enters the Hunger Games. Edit, one of the bigger things people are commenting is that the geography of this entire theory is off. I've noted that the capital is in the Rocky Mountains and will now provide the best explanation I can. What I propose is that Britain, having just gone through a large war with the rebellious colonists, would set up a small center of command to regulate the colonies. This would be in the Rockies and have a leader similar to the governors that Britain placed in Massachusetts and others before the revolution. This would be Snow. Also, the books state that the colonies occur in a region that used to be called Appalachia. This is where the 12 colonies slash districts are. The differences in geography between the colonies would be born out of the Revolutionary War, the Dark Days, the destruction of a colony, and time itself. I have to say, real quick, I'm Hmm. pretty sure that this theory, I think Martian Manhunter is like, apparently somebody who grew up in Massachusetts, because all they learned was Massachusetts state history. Yeah. (laughs) If that's all, they only know of Massachusetts having a governor, whereas, like... Every state had a governor. I don't. Like someone that is not from the United States. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, hmm. it sounds like it. At first, I was going to say it sounds like this is somebody posing as the Martian Manhunter because <laughs> he's not this dumb. But then I thought about it, and Martian Manhunter is not from here, yeah. so this mm-hmm. could be an incorrect history that he learned. I would... I would think okay. Martian Manhunter wouldn't comment on history. He doesn't have any knowledge of it. I don't know That's what you're fair. talking about, dumb. I love this. This is fascinating to me um i would be curious and we don't have to get them to just now but i'm curious to see what other people say because again as with most things it's been a while since i've read the books we only saw the first movie um, no we saw the second movie we went to remember we went to studio uh, movie grill but not the third one we did not see the third one 
Did yeah. you read these books or watch these movies? I did not read the books. Michael. I only watched all of the movies because I was forced to uh, in a previous relationship. But I have to say that having watched the movies, I have zero interest in reading the books. I absolutely hate this story. I don't like anything about The Hunger Games. <laughs> I think it's so dumb. What? Why? Why do you hate it? He hates the ending. I hate the, the fact book. that PETA exists. Yes. Okay. PETA should have died Josh, in so, the first movie. A.K.A. So, Denny. Yeah, so Denny... <laughs> just the character. AKA, yeah, no, he's better... I think he's better written than on that he comes across on screen because I remember liking... Peta in the books, but not liking Peta in the movies. Sorry, Josh Hutcherson. I mean, no offense, dude. I didn't write the script. What I was going to say, back up just a bit. We need to start keeping tallies and track and of all the times we disappoint each other for the things that we haven't <laughs> <laughs> or done. Yeah. <laughs> Number I, one, Laura never watched Family Matters. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I won't. I don't remember anything about a mother country. I thought this was all that was left. No, they're, they're not saying there's a mother country in the book. They're saying that... That's what they're... They are saying in the theory, though. They're saying that Britain's a mother country. Like Mother okay, Russia. Okay, so that Britain, Britain is still around? Because I thought in by Hunger Games that Pan Am was it. That was all that was left in this post-apocalyptic world. But where does it say mother country? It says it like two times in the theory. But Massachusetts is making a lot of money for the mother country, so would killing it be useful? No. Back then, right after the Revolutionary oh, War. Oh, okay. Okay. It's also hard for me with the mother country. Like, again, that is a very Soviet yeah. ideal. ideal. Yeah. Uh, so, so to be That's describing it that way, idea, would that be better? <laughs> <laughs> Should we just dive into the comments now? I think so. Um, Unless you have something Spencer to add, doesn't. Spencer. No, I want to. I want to draw this out, but I. I can't. Other than saying, remember uh, that guy in the movie was played by Stanley Tucci, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, <laughs> that was in the second movie. He no, he's in, in the, first the first movie. I don't think so. He died after the first movie, so they had to. CGI him in it for the rest of what he didn't film. Oh, that was like the, the first second. time yeah. we'd ever seen that used. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, one of them. Okay. Yes, but we can go on to comments if you'd All like. All right. Um, so let's go to Nighthawk00. <laughs> um, I've entertained this idea before myself. <laughs> what do you know? People, <laughs> Does people he like invite it to dinner and, <laughs> and uh, give it, play oh, some music while it eats? <laughs> God, when I read the first book for a school project. However, I thought it was actually more of a metaphorical relation to what would have happened if the colonies had lost the Revolutionary War, mostly because some of the districts can have their geographic location deduced from certain aspects of the district. For example, District 12 produces coal as their main product. This could correspond to West Virginia, as it is a larger producer of coal. District 11, being mainly agricultural, would be located around the south, most likely around Georgia. Also, District 11 is mainly populated by black people, which throws in the possibility that District 11 is imagery for slavery. The capital itself is located in the Rocky Mountains, probably somewhere around current-day Denver. Besides the possible geographic locations of the districts in the capital, the parallels between the culture of the capital and Great Britain are also a supporting argument for the colony's metaphor. The capital is very much a foreign place compared to the districts, as Great Britain was foreign to the colonies. 
Finally, if I recall correctly, District 13 was the leader of the original rebellion. If we assume the colony metaphor, then wouldn't District 13 be more likely to be located around Massachusetts? I don't know. Seems like, I mean, if you're going with 13 being the farthest away from the capital, Massachusetts really far away from Denver. Yeah. Cabo Thief says Katniss states that District 12 is in what used to be called Appalachia, or I think some people call it Appalachia, but I... I've always said Appalachia. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you hear people say the Appalachian, Appalachian Mountains, Mountains, so yeah. Appalachia but makes it's sense. But the, there's also the Appalachian Trail. Yeah. Anyway, so Cabo Thieves thinks that Nighthawk 0000 is right about the location. Then we have... Well, hold on. What what, what are they saying was just 13... This person is saying Massachusetts. Uh-huh, but what the original person say? OP thought that District 13 would have been Georgia. You know what I think? the 13th colony was? Uh, let me think. Let me think. It was Georgia. Oh, when you go in order of mm-hmm. their it was formation. The 13th. Yeah. That's why they said Massachusetts was District 4, I believe. Okay. In Massachusetts was number 2. In OP's theory. Oh. Oh, well, maybe they're just wrong. <laughs> Well, then, Psychic Tandem Warcat. Now, that sounds like the coolest comic book character. Yep. (laughs) I would read that comic. (laughs) Responds, well, District 12 would have been west of the Shenandoah Valley, which the British forbade the colonists from going past. That's where most of the coal in this country comes from. West Virginia, Virginia, Tennessee, Kentucky, and parts of Ohio. These states, with the exception of Virginia, hadn't been claimed by England, and Virginia's main export was tobacco, which is grown on the opposite side of the state from the coal industry. Also, it was stated that District 13 was a uranium mining district, which wouldn't have been possible in 1775. And in Mockingjay, they talk about the government that existed before Panem, which was the United States. It's a great analogy, but not a very good theory. I don't like that the comment. Thing, the thing <laughs> is, we're not saying that what they are now current is what they yeah, were exactly. in this the is, pre-revolutionary era. That's a dumb comment. Well, because, I mean, 1775, the Revolutionary War was already going on. But yeah. what, why would it be impossible for them to expand the borders of these colonies? That's After what they, happened right, again. Right. Yeah, um, the state lines weren't drawn. Yeah. Right. That's stupid. Yeah. And then also... Sorry, Psychic Tandem Warcat. Your name <laughs> rocks, but your 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 posits here are... It is still very possible because, I mean, this is supposed to take place even more in the future now. Nobody mines uranium, or do they? I don't know. Maybe they find deposits of uranium and then start mining it there. I mean, it's not a... Dumb. Anyway. Crops, I mean, change yeah. in mm-hmm. places. Like, one of the main exports in Texas now is cotton. And that didn't used to be. Like, Texas, I saw something about is responsible for, like, 4% of the nation's con- cotton well, consumption. But our drought has just knocked that out. Well, hmm. clearly, in an alternate timeline, um, if... Oh, well, Texas doesn't exist. And Texas doesn't exist. But if it did and they drilled oil, then this wouldn't have been possible because they didn't get oil in the Revolutionary War. That's so, so true. So busted. Yeah. All right. So then another commenter here deleted. It says, I always thought that 13 was Washington, D.C. and the surrounding area, as it would have lots of underground tunnels and access to serious military hardware like nukes via the Pentagon, Andrews Air Force Base, and the several other military installations around the area. 
Hmm. Okay. <laughs> sure. Thanks, deleted. <laughs> That's why they got deleted. Yeah. <laughs> I love that you think they got deleted. They deleted their own account. No, no. And this, so why would you delete your account? Just don't go on there anymore. Yeah, like, just lose your password. That's usually like the I instance, but I feel, I feel like in this case, they got deleted. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it is. Maybe, I mean, I would, if yeah, you're right. If I were a moderator, I would delete them. Yes. <laughs> but they kept the comment up. That's yes. the thing. Like, this is a warning. We have to have yeah. like Oof. District 13. <laughs> yes. This is a warning. Okay. Uh, not sure. 2505 said, I find this very implausible. Are they trying to horn in on our rating skill here? This is very, there's very little evidence to support it. First, if the books are set 300 plus years beyond 1776, it seems highly unlikely that it. The events of that long ago would be so vividly remembered. Humankind has a practical memory of only about a generation. False. Second, since Panem represents the United States, if Britain had won, they would not establish a ruling capital in North America. Mm -hmm. Power and orders would come from Great Britain, as it always did during their imperial period. Even if there were a provincial seat of power, it would never be ruled by a president snow yep yeah i have exactly. so many um things to go against that comment but i wonder if the op did it for me okay let's read uh so op comes back britain would not waste its time setting up a ruling capital in north america they would make a small realm of leadership and then assign someone president snow to rule the north american colonies president snow isn't a king but is likened to the governor of the northern american colonies like the governors that britain was used to putting in massachusetts and the other colonies pre-revolutionary war (laughs) (laughs) reading their typo Mm. so are they trying to liken Maybe they're trying to say Pan Am was a commonwealth of Great Britain. I don't know what those words mean. But so, um, commonwealths usually, I mean, yes, they pay homage to Great Britain and well, perfect timing to say rest in peace to Queen Elizabeth II. Yes. Um, but they still have their own government within themselves. They're not like they don't answer to the prime minister of Great Britain. They have their own prime minister. Right? Well, is it? I mean, I think I'm, that's is that right. Canada? Is that what Canada is? I or? think that's what Canada does. Yeah. Okay. Well, we have Canadian listeners, don't we? So I don't know. We thought we did, but they never <laughs> they left never us comment. any more reviews or ratings. <laughs> We're still at well, nine you, and one nonsensical review from Canada. <laughs> if you are from Canada and you're listening to this, please tell us all about your government, please. Uh-huh. That was good. You sounded just like a Canadian. <laughs> um, so let me oh, go, yeah. Can, well, first of all, why don't you finish off that thread there? Okay. Oh, how am I going to read this? Chronic Burritos <laughs> says, no, he's much more dictator-like. Just because you're saying words doesn't make them true. <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite sentence. Yep. I love that. Okay. So let me go back. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna use that so much from now on. Thank you, Chronic Burritos. That would be great to use for our children. (laughs) Because you're saying words. When we catch them in a lie. Thank you. Yes. So there, this not sure comment is like, it seems highly unlikely that events long ago be so vividly remembered. Humankind has a practical memory of only about a generation. That's a preposterous comment because, like, it all depends on how everything is 
um, recorded. Well, recorded, yeah. but also retold. Like, yeah. if the leadership of Great Britain comes in and is like, look at all these terrible people, and you're going to be you terrible. Mean, look at all these terrible people. No, that's not what they sounded like back oh. then. I watched The Patriot. Um, <laughs> so they're like, this is a terrible thing that happened, and we're going to remind you of it every 10 years. And then. Then they start the Hunger Games, and every time there's a Hunger Games, it just further beats this history into the heads of these people. Like it's very easy to do. We just just think of the people that they make something that's important to them that's old. Like, I mean, like people who are patriotic. It's vivid, even though it was 300 years old. The Revolutionary War is vivid to them because it gets them excited and it gives them purpose. And well, meaning we even in have life. people reenact that yeah. stuff. Yes. Man. So that's preposterous. And then this other thing about if Britain had won, they would not establish a ruling capital in North America. How do you know? You don't know what they do? Yes, we do. No. They've won. And and do you not know about Imperial Britain? Yes, I do. But look at India. Yeah. Okay. Are they, are they, is, is Britain in India now? Not anymore. Okay. But what did they do? I don't know. Exactly. (laughs) All that matters is maybe they did do what they did and then eventually <laughs> Say pulled... for France, okay? France was an imperialist right. nation. What I what I my point I'm making is this person has no like you can't say that this is what they would or would not do because this is a different situation. No, I think historically speaking, yes, you can. They would maybe set someone up like they said as like a, here, you listen to him, but they also said, hey, dude, you listen to us. Mm -hmm. Right. And what's saying that that's not what's happening? I think what they're pointing to is that in the books, and I'm guessing in the movie, President Snow is not taking direction from anyone but himself. Me, myself, and I, himself. There, he is that's the, the way one. I understand it. There, yes. there, are, there are two ways to look at that. One is, how do we know? It's just not mentioned. And the other way to look at it is, okay, again, with this being 300 plus years later, maybe this is just how the way things are now. Just because they set up something some way right after the Revolutionary War doesn't mean it's going to stay like that for 300 years. Mm. I'll let you say what you want to say, but I don't agree with you. How? How is it different than what's happening? I've in, already, I've already said my piece. They aren't. They are okay. Britain's sounds still like not ruling India. It it sounds like we're about ready to rate this theory. I volunteer as tribute to do what to be the one that expresses how annoying it is every time someone says, "May the odds be ever in your favor." It's uh. so stupid. It was clever like one time, but there are still people who say it. It gets under my skin. Wow. I had no idea you felt that way. Well, that's what this show is about, folks. Releasing our pent-up frustrations and sharing our feelings so we don't explode at the little old lady at the supermarket because she's holding up the line because she insists on paying with cash and exact change, but she keeps her money all in an unorganized mess in her little Betty Boop coin purse. Oh, don't even get me started on Betty Boop. Oh, trust me, we won't. Hey, Matt, did you know that wombats poop cubes? Nope, never heard that before. Did you know the unicorn is the national animal of Scotland, Ken? I didn't know, nor do I care. 
Neil, did you know that Liechtenstein is the only doubly landlocked country in Europe? Jeff, isn't that an American pop artist? Well, actually, it's both. If you want to learn things like that and more, join us each week on Triviality, a pub trivia-style game show podcast where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Listen in each week to answer general knowledge trivia alongside exciting guests from around the world. And we're here, too. Join us every Tuesday for new hour-long episodes of Triviality, plus tons of extra theme content on everything from The Office and Lord of the Rings to science and geography. And sometimes we even do sports. Find us on all your preferred podcast apps and take part in the fun of playing bar trivia without the need to wear pants. Real mature, Jeff. Forget it, Neil. It's Triviality. How would you like to challenge your little grey cells while reveling in the vintage perfection of David Suchet's Poirot? If so, then the Labours of Hercule podcast was made for you. We're taking a deep dive into every episode of this masterpiece of television and giving you the clues you need to solve the case along with Poirot himself. We present the case and you solve it. Whether you're a detective in the making... Or if you just simply want to gush over the genius and art decodence of Agatha Christie... Then subscribe to now to the labors of Hercule wherever you get your podcasts. I feel like that rant was oddly specific. Actually, that sort of thing happens all the time. In fact, just the other day... Hey, Michael, could you go over our rating scale real quick? Oh, sure. Yeah. The highest rating that we have is genius. This is reserved for only the best theories, which we believe are better than the actual canon. The next step down is plausible. It's a good theory. It's believable. Unlikely is next. It's not a terrible theory, but pretty unlikely, as the name suggests. And then the last thing is preposterous. These are the theories that are just stupid. Basically, we're all dumber for having listened to them. All right. Who's ready to rate this Me. theory? I would yeah. like to go first. I'm already in set to give this a genius rating. I love this. I think that this is completely... Um, I think this is very genius on this person's part. They took criticism from the comments and ran with it. I love how they adapted to that of, oops, supposed to be in the Rockies. Well, it still can be. Just the rest of the districts happen to be over here. Or, again, like we were saying, it is in the Rockies and what we call Colorado, but maybe the boundaries of the districts grew to where it's not so far off from Colorado anymore. I don't know, but they get on a really long train to get to the capital. No, um, that's Snowpiercer. That's both. <laughs> uh, maybe there's been the same... Another oh, here we go. Let's connect them. Um, I love the the comparison between like Britain's um, you know, their customs or their traditions or how different they are from the rest of Pan Am. Um, I just think that's obviously it's hyperbole, but a lot of times we Americans, we all Americans down here in Texas think of Britain's people as eccentric with their funny hats and like, accents and, um, Speak for yourself. Right. I I'm an Anglo Anglophile. See, I'm playing I, a, I'm playing a character, not myself, which is why I'm <laughs> using an accent that I'm I'm portraying the people that we live around. I think that the points. I don't disagree with anything this person has said. I don't find fault with anything that they say, and I've already debated some of these comments, and um, I feel like this is genius, and I love it, and I will from now on and forever believe that. 
The Hunger Games takes place in a world where America lost the Revolutionary War. Okay. <laughs> I guess I'll go ahead and go next. I really want to like this because... Well, do. I, like I said, I'm a bit of an Anglophile, and I love Great Britain, and I love the history, especially during that time period. But... Maybe I can help you. If you want to like it, I can help you like it. Nah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but... This is preposterous. No. I feel so much dumber having listened that to this. That makes no sense. Yeah, that's because the theory doesn't make sense. It makes every bit sense. <laughs> it's preposterous. Um, yeah. All right, and for my rating, I'll go with unlikely on this. Um, I agree with our first commenter, Nighthawk00, that it was meant as a metaphor. To what? A metaphorical relation to what would have happened if the colonies had lost the Revolutionary War. So, please let me. Okay, um, I I just don't think it's meant to be that Britain won. And like I've said before, the way I read these books, uh, this post-apocalyptic world, everything that's described as far as the districts and the capital and the the uh, revolt that District 13 tried to lead. I view that all as separate from the apocalyptic thing that happened, you know, that wiped out the United States. I And I've always viewed it as that left, this is the only dry land left. This is the only inhabitable land left. There are no other places in the world left. And uh, bam. Cool. It's time to bring this episode to a close, but before we do, I'd like to share a fascinating detail I found on Reddit the other day. You know, it's never too early to get into the Christmas spirit, Ooh. as evidenced by this fascinating detail shared by Mal5Matt. In The Muppet Christmas Carol from 92, the character Oscar the Grouch was not included in the film. This is because the world was not ready for more bin time. More bin time. Uh, <laughs> and it still isn't. Nope. No, no. one is. <laughs> no. More bin time. Mm. Golly. More bin time. <laughs> Which, in an alternate universe, what would Scrooge do knowing that there were 13 districts across the ocean? Uh, would he be an angrier miser or would he even exist anymore who knows we'll leave you to ponder that i will because this has been fan theory queries and i'm laura i'm michael and i'm spencer subscribe to fan theory queries so you don't miss out on our discussions on other fascinating fan theories fan theory queries is part of the airwave media podcast network visit airwavemedia.com to listen and subscribe to their other fine shows like the Secret History of Hollywood, Who Did What Now? and Into the Impossible.